Hello, everyone. I hope you are well. On today's episode of the Check the Tapes podcast, I sit down with stand-up comedian Chandler Chase. Uh, Chandler's a Chicago-bred stand-up comic. He's performed at the world-famous Laugh Factory and the Improv Chicago and many other venues. He's had some great opening acts. Um, more than anything, I love stand-up comedians. I love the uh, what it takes to be one. Um, I'm completely intrigued and fascinated by the behind-the-scenes and the on-the-road lifestyle and all the things that come with it. And at the end of the day, if you know anything about stand-up comedians, they usually have great stories. Um, they're fun to party with, and I thought it would be a great idea to sit down with Chandler and talk about a lot of the aspects of his coming up, doing stand-up comedy, how he got into it, and what's next for him. Uh, we also kind of talk about his book a little bit, Everyday Lessons from Everyday People. So let's go ahead and roll the tapes. Welcome to the Check the Tapes podcast, an entertainment podcast brought to you by Jeff Roppel. Join our vibe at Go Check the Tapes and GoCheckTheTapes.com. Enjoy. You think I've got a mm -hmm. podcast voice? Really? This is, that's why I was cracking up when I first started because this sounds really official. It does. Yes. So it's funny you say that. Um, my one buddy that I interviewed, I'd never interviewed anybody. So, you know, my wife and, and people that are involved in this with me were like, hey, um, you know, maybe you should get some like practice and like fake interview. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Like, right. How do I practice? I'm like, guys, the whole thing we're doing here is just to shoot the shit. Yeah, shoot the shit. Yep. And I think that's what I can do. So let's just roll with it. You know, right. by the way, I hate here. And I used to just completely hate hearing my own voice and everything. I'm sorry. I was going to say, picking up here, this is like probably my worst nightmare to like have hear, to hear myself for, yeah. for like an hour. I don't watch a lot of my own like sets because like I just can't stand hearing my own voice. Really? Yeah. I think I think I was traumatized from like How in the fuck are you in what you're in when you can't how do you, you want to be a stand-up comedian and you Yeah are I, a stand-up comedian and you can't stand to hear your own voice. What about watching yourself? So that too, I think everything I makes me it. cringe. I think it stemmed from you know when you were younger you would try and record your own voice to see if you could actually sing? Yep, or stuff with your buddies, and you know, this ultra weird voice and yeah. awkward stages. Terrible. Just Terrified. brutal. So that I think I have a that's PTSD, just yeah. not being able to to hear myself. You but. know, even when we do like home movies and stuff, I still don't like it. Like I'm in my 40s. Who gives a shit? Right. It's me and my wife and my kids in a, in my basement and we're, we're like already watching like from two Christmases ago or something. I cringe. I'm like, oh god, oh my voice. That's nice that you're still keeping up with home videos because I don't think my parents have put a camera to my face since I was like four. Yeah, you know, I try. We're not that good at it. It's like just major events. Right. But I still roll with the, like the, I set the camera up on Christmas morning. Really? Birthdays. Okay. I mean, yeah, I still like try. A, like a real dad. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of a real dad. I try to do it just because, so, you know, um, when I was 20, my mom died of cancer. Oh, okay. Super Sorry close. To hear that. Yeah. Super close family, brothers and sisters, dad, mom died of cancer. And right now we never know what's ahead of us. I just, we've got nothing. Mm. Now I've got some like DVDs and stuff. My brother-in-law has been like, great. He's like a, um, audio video guy in college type of thing. So he like was able to take all these like, Oh, remember like the, I don't know. in like the nineties, these tapes were like this big, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And they would, 
he somehow mixed them down in DVDs. Now we don't even have DVD players. Like, what the hell? But he somehow, like, mixed a bunch. So I still, ha- I still have some. But if you think about compared to today, like, how much you would have from your parents if you were, if you were born in, like, 2015, mm-hmm. your whole life's fucking All recorded. filmed on the phone, yeah. Yeah. Right. But you don't it, do anything with it now, I feel like. You, you film it, and then it just sits on your phone until you have too much storage when you get that notification and then you just start deleting what part of yeah. your childhood was the least important. Yeah. And they just, what part of your life you, d- you, you just you don't like, like the least. Yeah. yeah. You keep all the stupid drunk videos and then it's like, right. You and your mom hugging and you're like, Nope, I'm, yeah. I'm getting rid of that. <laughs> that. So the, the camcorder thing does work for that. And I got it on SD cards, you know, put it in a safe or whatever, but yeah, it kind of stems from that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wish I had that. So God forbid anything happened, but it's not just for that. I mean, I've gotten, uh, nieces and nephews that are like 20 years old they love watching their home videos from like when they were like seven eight nine and everything else um anyway though it 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 literally surprises me that you said that that it like cringes when you hear your own voice and everything for the for the industry that you're in and being a stand-up comedian like you have to listen to your own stuff right isn't that how you like perfect your craft i try to i think i go through it once and then if it like if i if it sounds like i did a good job i'll probably listen to it a couple more times to like hear like the reactions from the audience but i i mean so is that mainly what you're looking for when you listen back to what you've done or watch yeah, you video? gotta see what hits or not right yeah for sure and then just go back and work on it and, and that's okay. it i've i mean i've tried to like I, I don't do it anymore but when i first started i would try and like ramble on um like when you film yourself on your phone just like mm-hmm. the um what is it like the audio button the little oh the voice memo the voice memo thing i've done that a couple times and i i do it just to say it out loud but i don't think i've gone back and listened to any of those i have a couple in my phone that i'm i avoid at all costs as as far as like um practicing new material and like writing new stuff yeah a little yeah i so the way and i will just dive right into it the way that i'll uh start working on like a set i'll i'll think of like a punchline for a little bit and then I'll take that punchline and depending on the mood, I mean, sometimes I'll just type out like words as I, I sit and I'll just mm-hmm. like word vomit or I'll do the voice memo thing while I'll just yeah. try and get out like funny, funny taglines or way to punch up that one joke. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I haven't done the voice memos in a while. Actually, I haven't done, I haven't done any joke writing in a while. Cause there was this thing called COVID that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that happened and I, I put it on hold for a little bit because like I can't talk to myself too long. Already. Right. I'm not, pro- I asked a couple people had asked me to do um, like WebEx, like zoom uh-huh. shows. And I tried to avoid those cause I have a day job and I'm on zoom yeah. all day long. And I, I can't do shows where the audience is muted. I just feel like I'm doing like a presentation. I, I can't, I no. Yeah. It, and thank you for saying no to that. Cause I can't imagine no, the whole, the whole essence behind the entertainment business, being a stand-up comedian, being a musician, being an entertainer is the crowd. That's what mm-hmm. you feed off of. That's what that's what you're getting off yeah, of. Yeah, if I don't have any reactions, I just sound like an asshole who yeah. hates myself. Right. Yeah. It's like I'm out. Right. Which is, is not too far off, but I <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I don't need anyone else to know that. Right, exactly. Right, right. No, I think it's I think it would be depressing to sit there and do that. Now, if you're just talking about a voice member to work on your material, yeah, whatever. Right. You know, and that, for the time being, I've been living at my parents, so not only would I be talking to nothing because no one's listening, two rooms down, my parents are sitting right there right. listening to the whole thing. And that is just embarrassing. Right. So that uh, that's a fantastic segue. So I am fascinated, as you know, we've, uh, we've talked a little bit about it, just fascinated by a stand-up comedian um, lifestyle, 
I have the literal utmost respect. I think it is at the top of the chain. I think it is probably one of the hardest professions on the planet. Oh, I could attest to that. I was very surprised at how hard this was going to be. Just to even... You didn't think it was going to be easy. Yeah, because I'm a cocky (laughs) asshole. I was like, this is... My friends like, laugh at me. Was, this is going to be yeah, just I was like, be people easy. laugh at me all the time. I can make a living off yeah, of this. Everyone no, will laugh at me. It's hard, and it's very competitive. And even if you are better than someone, and not per se anyone's better than everyone, because comedy is uh, anyone thinks one thing's funny or the other. Right. But um, you could think you're so well, but you, you progress slow or fast at your own rate because it uh, uh, like comedy is also kind of political in that sense, too, that you could. it's all about who you know. Yeah. So you could think you're making it and you're not going anywhere. You're pretty stagnant no matter how good you are. So you, you have to just keep working and networking until you right. make it, I guess. I, and I think at the same time, though, I think no matter what, if you keep working at it and, you, and you're funny, this is my favorite thing about comedy. And I, I steal this type of thing. Um, you know, I'm obsessed with a lot of comics. When I say obsessed, they're just like my... I, I kind of dream to be one, you know, and I never have the balls or the courage or anything mm-hmm. to do it. Um, but the, the the comedy will always win. The laughs always win. Right. So I do agree with you because it doesn't matter what you're in. It doesn't matter if you're, um, you know, working your regular day job and your lawyers and your salesmen and your whatever the hell you are or entertainment business. At some point, you probably need a break to hit it big. Sure. doesn't matter what industry you're in. You, you, yeah. you need that big sale or you need this a break mm-hmm. so i'm not saying it's not a break but um i think a good thing about it is if 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 you are funny and you have a future in it you can get there true you either have it or you don't like yeah. i think a lot of people like anyone can work anyone could be a comedian but i think a lot of people or anything in i life, don't think so at all <laughs> well i know <laughs> we're you, close you'd be surprised man. i've been to a couple of open mics i'm like oh wow any anyone gets on stage these days but I don't know they, how. Um, they and I shouldn't give them, be. I was gonna say, I give them uh, props to even trying because it, it's it's hard. It's and it, sometimes it can be uh, nerve wracking. Um, you seem very natural at it though, like when you're up, like uh, when you're on stage. Yeah, I, that, so I think it stemmed. I was a competitive cheerleader growing up, and I was on stage in front of thousands of people, and I was a male cheerleader. So if I can do that in front of thousands of people, right. I can do anything. So it was uh, the stage doesn't doesn't bother me really. So you think so? Some of that background and everything gave you kind of the courage for to, sure. Yeah, and just love being the center of attention. I know yeah. we talked earlier. I think people in the entertainment industry kind of have an ego, anyways. So have to you? Yeah, I mean, I ride that high of people, people laughing, yeah, and enjoying I've, what I say. I, I I've always ridden that high. I I do it on a on the smallest micro level in the country, like anybody else does, though sitting around with right. just making their friends laugh or laughing at their friends. Now, I never liked being the center of attention. I don't know. It, uh, the difference I see is I don't mind being the... I hate being the center of attention when it's planned. Sure. Oh, me too. That's the toughest thing, though, I think, because you know you're going on that night to be the center of attention. I don't mind I if it right. happens... you really psychoanalyzing me. I didn't even well, realize but you, a lot of this. Yeah. Well, if it happens organically where it's like 14, 15 people and all of a sudden it's just one of those nights and I become the center of attention sure. during a five-minute stretch of a joke or an old story or laughing at somebody, fine. But if it's like planned for me, that would like give me so much anxiety mm, and okay. freak out. Yeah. But you get up there and you have so much confidence and you deliver your routine, you deliver your set, 
get your laughs and and on you go. It's kind of a high. It's like an adrenaline rush oh, it's when gotta I'm on be. stage. Yeah, it goes gotta a lot be. quicker than you think it does unless you're bombing and then it feels like it's forever. But when you're when you're the jokes are hitting and the audience is great, I can't imagine. It, I mean, it's it's the best. I cannot imagine. I, I literally the only thing <laughs> athletes are different. Um I feel like with athletes, first of all, there's such a just, I don't know, eh, I guess God-given talent. You know, you've got some. Athletically, though, there's no intimate relationship. I think it that high that I'm talking about or that you just explained literally only exists in, like, musicians and stand-up comedians mm -hmm. type of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, you're right there with them. But musicians can hide behind a lot of things right they sure. can hide behind noise and music and drums and all these different things and all obviously the great ones are great because of of what they can produce and their artists and other things but stand-up comedian i mean you just said earlier except when you bomb you're standing up there you are the most vulnerable person in any industry that i think there is in any part of entertainment or anything yeah. what can be more vulnerable than that then standing up there, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that would definitely not be for yeah, me. Yeah, I don't think unless I, don't I think would have an some audience surgical. Out there for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I think I'd have to pay people to watch me. Yeah. yeah. So right. as far as um, you mentioned bombing, obviously you've you've had to have done it. Everybody has. Everybody. Any yeah. comedian. Anyone. I don't care if you're fucking Jerry Seinfeld or Chris Rock. You've right. bombed. And they've all shared really funny stories too about where they've bombed. And um, I will say, I, and I'm new to the whole comedy world in a sense that. It takes about 10 years for a comedian to really make it. And I've only been doing it for about three and a half now. So I'm still You've like, only been doing it three and a half yeah, years? Yeah. Um, and if that, because I don't even know if I count COVID a whole year. Because I, I really haven't done it. I haven't done show. I've only done three shows since everything kind of opened up. And then for a whole year, I did nothing. Yeah. So I, I three years from when I started, three and a half years from when I started. But it hasn't, it hasn't been that long at all. But um, I don't even know what we're talking about. Okay. Well, hold on. Yeah, so go I, I've got you because... I was just going to say three and a half years. What started it? What did, when, at what point were you like, I'm going to go do that? Has it, was it always? No, was I, it? Yeah. So the, the story give about you a push? what, yeah, I was going to say the story that got me started was, um, I, I took a class, uh, with this professor. His, his name was uh, Greg Sizemore, great guy. And he, he taught a leadership class in college and I've always wanted to do comedy. I think, the end, the end goal for me, I would love. So you did it. You did always kind of want to do it. I, yes, okay. I did. I it wasn't a, like out of the blue. Well, hey, yes I'm and funny. no. I'm going to go try this. Yeah. I mean, I had a, my dream or goal in life, if we're talking crazy dreams, I would love to have a late night talk show. So to get nice. there, there's a timeline. I like that. Different tasks you have to complete to get to probably to that point. You can't just audition or interview for a late night talk show. Right. So you would start probably as a comedian mm -hmm. um, is how I would think to start. And then you go from comedy when you're on tours to getting on. Uh, comedy shows, you mm -hmm. become a writer, or you're you're on the show itself, and then you go from that to movies, and you become a comedic actor, and then from there, you would kind of trickle into hopefully getting like how Ellen DeGeneres started, or Jimmy Fallon. All these people yeah. were comedians at first. Absolutely, so that was kind of my segue. So yeah, so that's this is almost like a bottom of the totem pole from my end goal kind of thing. So right. I've always wanted to do it. Never, never really knew. How to, how to like where an open mic was or how to get on shows or how to even become a, a comedian per se. But um, I had this professor, Greg Sizemore, that I was talking about, and he 
he had mentioned that, like, and I was kind of nervous to really get into it and actually have the balls to go out and do it. And he, he said in oh class one God. day. I cannot um, imagine that piece. Yeah. He, he was like, uh, if you wait until you're no longer scared to do something, you'll never, you'll never do it. So do it scared. And that night, I was like, fuck it. So I signed up for an open mic that night. Get out of here. Yeah, and it, the the one available was actually on my 21st birthday. So I was like, that'll be a good... I can force people to come and say it's, yeah. it's for my birthday. You guys have to come yeah. to my birthday party. Right. By the way, I'm going to be doing a stand-up bit that right. none of you have ever heard. Right. So so actually, it was at, the, it was at Go Bananas um, in Cincinnati. It's a really nice club in Cincinnati. And uh, I had like... For my first time, I think there was like 50 people there to see me, which awesome. was like cr- crazy. Kind of total in the audience? No, 50, just 50 of your me. people. Yeah, so that's I think, what I'm talking about. Yeah, so you need even, that. Yeah, I'm super popular and just <laughs> so awesome. I like that. Yeah, so I think it helped. Even if I was did a bomb, I mean, 50 people already that appreciate my humor. Like I was, I was, I did really well my first night, which a lot of comedians say their very first time doing an open mic, they, they hit really well. It does good. And then it just tanks after that yeah okay yeah but i and that's what people they hook them on that you do really well your first night you're like oh this is a piece of cake uh, and then from there i it was the first couple times it was pretty rocky for me because right after i did that i ended up moving to chicago for for nine months and i chicago is a totally different but you're from scene. chicago no i'm from cincinnati oh i thought you're from chicago yeah originally. no I'm no, no i'm from cincinnati that's okay. okay i'm from cincinnati and i went there for my day job um for nine months and while i was there the scene in chicago is 10 times as big as Cincinnati. Sure. Both great scenes, but Chicago's is just massive. Chicago's probably top four in the country. I yeah, would I would say what, so what are, what are they? We got... I would say... Someone argues... Someone. Everyone's going to argue New York, LA. Yeah, of course. So this is this is my depiction of, of it. So New York is... I'm New York, by the way. Oh, are you? Okay, oh, yeah. so New York comedians are comedians that want to stay as comedians and do be on tour. Mm. LA comedians want to turn into actors. Mm. And then Chicago has the same size scenes, but it's a good place to practice because no one no one makes it there. Yeah. And I say that loosely because everybody from SNL's been from Chicago. Right. Yeah. Um with Second City. And I was I was in two too many shows in Second City. Um so it, it's there's possibilities of being found there, but it's a good practice place because it's just as big as the two. Yeah. And then you have your mini ones. I think Atlanta is a huge has a huge scene. Cincinnati actually is is a pretty big scene. Really? Yeah. In okay, terms cool. of just like we have a lot of big clubs here. A lot of people are from here. Mm-hmm. Um, like Nikki Glazer was born in Cincinnati. There, there's a lot of uh, big comedians that are f- from the area. That's cool. I um, like that. Yeah. So kind of how I feel about Columbus with the music scene. It's it's sure, underrated yeah. on a music scene. And, right. And the people that I know that really love music, uh, you know, when a lot of the other places were open, the underground places like, oh, Columbus's music scene is awesome. So that's that's good to hear that, you know, me starting this thing, I believe that you can start anything from anywhere, right? So right. we come from a place and, and it, there's possibility there. Right, but yeah, I totally agree. So back to the the Chicago. So when I, when I started in Chicago, because it's so massive, going back to when I first bombed, mm-hmm. I, I signed up for an open mic and... Um, this is after your first success. This is after my mic. first success yeah. one. I was. I. I, I By the way, I, why is it you think that the first one's success? Because you've everything's just so new and and people are there. Like I don't. I don't know. I think it's it's maybe it's also. I would think that would be the worst one almost because you're just like scared shitless. I'm like, sure people do bad, but it's also sure. maybe there's like a, a a guilt laugh that people people give. A lot of people when it's their first time, the the MC will host and announce that mm, it's your first time. Yeah. So I mean. People probably just have a heart, and they think they're. Hey, I, I tell you, I every time I've ever seen a comedy show, and I've I've seen a ton, and I used to be a kind of before kids in my 
life with my wife before that, we would go to uh, Funny Bone all the time. Mm. And as I said before, the respect I have for the field and respect I have for somebody up there giving it their all, I always gave like my attention. I'm, I mean, you can't fake laugh. Right. And that, and I, and I would never do that. Sure. But at the same time, respect them and respect what they're doing. And right. I, I, I I'm not saying everybody has to do that. Cause I'm sure there's people that have heckled you or there's hecklers, whatever. I don't give a shit, whatever me personally, I have so much respect for the courage it takes for somebody to get up on stage and look out at a crowd and give what they're trying to do for a living and make people laugh. Yeah. Again, you can't fake it. Right. That's my favorite thing about comedy. That's true. That's my favorite thing about comedy. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. At some point, if you are getting to the top or you're doing it for a living, which is what you want to do, you're doing it now, but completely, right? You don't need any kind of day job yes. or anything else. To do it, it never lies. The True. laughs are, they're authentic. Right. Every yeah. time. Mm-hmm. And you can tell too, like, like even when, yeah, like to your point, they're authentic because you know instantly when a joke is hits, hits at yeah. all. Even if 50 people in the crowd are your best friends and they're right. going to give you the fake even laughs. Then, I'd watch I would that do video. it. Now, hold on. I would do it for some, my, if my best friend was going up there, I'd probably give him some laughs. Yeah, right. Not saying I didn't do good. I think I did really well for my first time. Yeah. So I think those laughs were authentic, but I'm absolutely. sure. Absolutely. But you can feel time, it too, though. Yeah, absolutely. You can feel it. Yeah, right. Um, so anyway, back to, so after that, that high I got, I went to Chicago and I, I found the nearest open mic that I could go to. And it was, it started at like 11, which I was like, all right. I mean, PM. I, yeah. Crazy. And <laughs> I was like, all right, everyone's gotta, everyone's gotta get somewhere. So I went to this place and it was this rundown bar and nobody was really even in the bar. And I walked in, I was like, is there an open mic going on tonight? <laughs> And he, are you guys open? Yeah. And he knew exactly. It was almost like a drug deal. He was like, he was like upstairs and I was like, <laughs> perfect. So walked upstairs and upstairs, mind you, was the attic of the bar. It wasn't, mm. there was no upstairs. So I was bamboozled off the bat and I right. walk, I walk in and there was six other people there. Hold on. Are you by yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. 100% alone. Good for you. Man. I don't like to do the open mics with friends. I only like to invite people to shows because I don't want to like, it's hard to bring people to a show that's an hour and a half long when they're only there to see you. Yeah. And it's like, Hey, half these people are going to suck. Bef- before you go any further with the rest of the story, do you understand the, the percentile of the world country, whatever that it takes to go do something like that by yourself on your own? Hey, well, thanks. It's incredible. It hey, really, it okay. re- it, I'm serious. It really is. Um, I've done the most, minuscule tiny things um on my own by myself that are like out of my comfort zone i'm talking nothing and for recent just to give an example hot yoga mm, okay. okay my myself and like all the people on everything like oh my god my body's like i have would never have the balls to just walk in there there's all these like 40 women and you just sitting there okay something like that the balls it took and the courage it took for you to just go to that bar to just walk in the front door is at, you're in a very very small percentile of people, and I, I give you a ton of credit for Thanks. that. I really, I really you're do. My head bigger than it already no, is. I'm serious though. I really do. That is genuine. Thank you. I, I, and this whole again, this whole career of comedy. Sure. I tell you how much I respect it and and what people do for it. That's amazing. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, you're in there by yourself upstairs. Go to the attic. Yeah. You're so by yourself. well, I listen the to the fuck? tagline in my head all the time when my professor was like, "Do it scared." So yeah. I was like, "Oh, you had to be scared." Yeah. At that point. I was like, "And it's I don't do happen any in of this, this attic." I don't do. Any, I do everything sober. Like I can't be on stage Ooh. drunk. 
Um, or a lot of comedians drunk, like will drink, they'll smoke weed. I can't do any of that because yeah. like my thoughts will get all clogged. So I, I agree. Yeah. So not only, I guess to your point, I don't even realize, I didn't even realize that it was like scary, I guess, but I just, I just always tell myself like, that's that. what they all started out at. That's yeah. just bottom of the totem pole. You got to work your way up. So anyways, I, I get to this place, go up to the basement. Um, I mean to the attic and <laughs> <laughs> you walk upstairs to get down into the basement, but now you're in the attic and I walk in and there was six people who very clearly were already best friends and uh. they were all sitting, they were all sitting around the table and I walk in and they, they didn't even know why I was there. I was like, isn't this the open mic? And they were like, of course. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So I did the open Can mic. Can we help you, sir? Yeah. Basically that's how <laughs> yeah. it was. I was like, oh, I didn't know this was a private open mic. Yeah. Six of you. Fuck you guys. Yeah. So I do the, uh, I'm sitting there. They make me go last. And uh, I was like, whatever, I'll wait around. And they all think they're all hilarious because it's the six of them all being friends. I go up on stage. I think I lasted maybe 45 seconds of do. It was. No way. Because not only comedians don't like other comedians that are funnier than them. In Sure. It's competitive like it's anything competitive. else. Sure. I, I'm sure the bigger you are, like you, you encourage other people to. It's easy it. at that it's way point. easy to encourage the big people. timers it's, the, the, that are saying that like, oh, you got to check this guy out. He can play guitar. That's because you, you are it. who you, yeah, you are. You can carry dude. people along for that ride once yeah. you've already been on yeah. the train. You're, you're selling out. There. You're selling out Soldier Field. Sure. It's easy to say right. that. Right. Exactly. When you were the dumb dick at you know Banana Joe's bar playing, you didn't like the guy playing guitar better. Not than at you. all. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, totally agree. So they, I mean, it was dead silent, and I think I was 45 seconds in, and I was like, "Hey, I'm just gonna get out of here." No way. Yeah, and they didn't <gasps> say a word, and I was like. All right, well, I'll probably never see you guys again. And um, do they laugh at that? I no. think that's funny. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> I so that. Whenever I bomb too, like I'll say the most <laughs> ridiculous. Sh- like I'll just call it out right off yeah. the bat. And and I don't I don't bomb that often. Not to toot my own horn. I actually mm-hmm. I, I I do pretty well in that sense with the larger crowds. But it's everything the I've seen ones. you do is yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's so when I do bomb, I think I I try to immediately call it out, and that gets people to laugh. I'm like, all right, so I'm obviously never gonna say this again. Yeah, or I'll just stand there and be like, "All right, fuck me." Like, yeah, that's it. We'll this just, joke sucks. We'll just move on. Yeah. So, and that 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 helps too. And it it helps you out too when you bomb because you can you can tell instantly when a joke's about to bomb just based off the audience reaction. And um, yeah, you have to try and f- you have like ten seconds to fix it. I was just gonna say because there's as you're, I would imagine I don't know this as you're starting to tell that joke, some of the leading up to it is. More Getting important little, than the punchline sometimes. Yeah, and you yeah. can you can tell that the again, I I have no idea what any of this feels like, but I would imagine there's that connection with an audience where you do know internally eh, they're not they're not in on this. Immediately. Yeah, immediately. I did. That's, that's incredible. What an incredible human emotion and feeling. I oh, love it's that. Nuts. I yeah. love that. You can and I think that that comes the the more you do it, the more you can feel out an audience going up. But I I try to get them to laugh. You I forget where I read it, but you only have like maybe less than a minute to, to really get the audience engaged. Like you have to get them to laugh immediately. So I always try to do a funny intro, like right when I walk on Yeah, and gotta grab I can tell immediately if the audience is going to be a hit or a miss based off that entrance. And so that, yeah. that's another tough thing that's interesting that I find is, you know, sometimes if you go to a gig, maybe who you're opening for, or maybe, if you're an open mic, you don't, the demographic at one, once you make it big, you know, your demographic They're right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're there because of you and it's the, it's the same one, right. but 
Yes and no. I mean, you got to write jokes for all crowds of people. So oh, lot, sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, the people that laugh in Southern Kentucky are going to be way different than the people that laugh in. Sure, that's what Florida. I mean. That's like, what I mean, though. Yeah. Like, it's if you're just thrown into that initially, that I think would be another very tough thing. Is this demographic? If you could pick the demographic, sure. whatever demographic that you think 100 percent I appeal to. And I could load this arena with 300 of them. Not an arena, but, you know, because my favorite thing is 200 people, you know. that That's mm, okay. comedy. You yeah. know, I mean, that is, that's where it's at. And all the greats still go and do it because they get off on that. And yeah. that's, that's the best. That's, that's true. Most. I don't think I want to do a giant, like Kevin Hart does those giant arenas. And I applaud him for being able to get people in to go do that. But that's like, it's hard to build a connection with your audience because there's yeah. 10,000 people trying right. to listen to you. They pay that money, though, and you'll, you'll. You'll be okay with it, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would do it absolutely, <laughs> yeah. but but no, I but that even the all the greats, the the Seinfelds of the world. I'll I bring him up all the time because he's my number one of all time. Yeah, is he your far. favorite comedian? Oh yeah. Okay. I've seen him, jeez, eight times maybe. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen the on Netflix the comedians in cars getting? Oh happy? yeah, every episode. Yeah. Um, those are the best. I I could uh, for Seinfeld, I could literally. Just sit there and watch him read a phone book okay. and, and yeah. find it entertaining. But, um, oh, fuck, now I forget where I was going with that. Oh, the, so the demographic piece. If, right. if you could load that little comedy club with 200 people of your exact, okay, this is the age group I go to. This is what they do for, the, you know, all that stuff. Sure. Right. You would work. But the toughest part is. You don't know who the fuck's in the crowd that night. Yeah. I've had, I've done shows. I did one at the Laugh Factory in Chicago, and I remember there, there was this, this giant dude. He very visibly could kick my ass, and he was sitting dead center. In the crowd? In the crowd, yeah, dead yeah. center. And you only can see, like, maybe the first or first or second yeah. row because the lights are so bright. Yeah. And he was sitting dead center. It almost looked like there was a spotlight on him, and he blank face stared at me the entire, I think I did 10 minutes that night, did just did not crack a smile the entire time, and that's the only thing I focused on. Were other people laughing? Yeah, I mean, I did. I did well, but it, fuck him. What was yeah, he, what, I, so I he don't just know. didn't so like. That's it. what I'm saying. It's, it all depends on the demographic. Yeah, and how, who who likes? He was like, dude, I don't like. See, your if shit. I had a whole audience of just him, yeah, that would You'd be have it been for me. I would have nosedived right off into the audience. Uh, yeah, that yeah. wouldn't have been. So when you, what about your? Um, I, I just love diving into the fact of what made you. Just go do it. Like, what made you think you were funny enough to make this a career? I think social media helped me because I am really kind of annoying on Twitter. What a fascinating thing because uh, I, I have so, I, we. I could do a whole podcast on just like social media and how different it was from when I grew up. In, Even when I was in high school to now, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah, but I it's wild. I used to. I I still do. I I tweet a lot and I I do pretty well on Twitter and like. Those are essentially one-liners. What's your Twitter? Let's plug it. It's just Chandler Chase underscore. Thank you very much. Yep. Yeah. So follow me on there. Okay. But on all my social media is Chandler Chase underscore. But um, good branding. Yeah. So yeah. And Chase isn't even my last name. Chase is my middle name. Really? Yeah. I like just that. throwing out all the fun facts. Yeah. It is. So yes. and and that's a good showbiz move. Right. Rolls that off about the tongue. Of, Chandler yeah. Chase is so much easier to say. My last name is Burlinger. Or Berlinger. My dad's deaf, so I don't even oh, okay. fully know what my last name is. I just roll with whatever people say. So I was like, I don't... I remember at the beginning when I was doing the open mics, they would ask me how to pronounce my name. And I'd be like, whichever one you want to say is fine with me. <laughs> and they're like, that doesn't make any sense. What? You know what? I don't even know. Yeah. No one's told me. 
Um, that's an interesting fact. Um, deaf like your whole life, deaf later in life. He's not. So I'm I uh, I'm exaggerating. He's not fully deaf. He's 100% deaf in one ear, 30% deaf in the other. Okay. He acts like he's completely deaf, and I love him for that. But he listens to your comedy. I, I'd say he watches my comedy. He probably doesn't listen to it. Yeah. But he definitely watches it. Um. But. And it's I I talk about him a lot in in my sets. I know I noticed that. I oh, love that. Yeah, very okay. cool. Yeah. So you have done your homework. Good. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I but I like that. I mean, that's it's authentic, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, when you and I were talking earlier, that's all I ever want to be in my whole life is authentic. Like, sure. I don't. I'm not looking for anything else. I yeah. want to do this podcast and talk to people like yourself and different things. I just want to be authentic, and that that is. Authentic. That's cool. Cool. And by the way, good decision because Chandler Chase works better. Yeah, it just rolls right it just off the rolls tongue. Off the tongue. Short, simple. I couldn't tonight. I, Chandler Chase. Right. You know? It yeah. just works. I used. To, I tried to bug all the people that had Chandler Chase without the underscore and like on Twitter and Instagram, nobody was budging. So really stuck with the underscore. But I feel like that's that's simple too. But anyway, so yeah, I did the, the basically Twitter's like a bunch of one liners, and I do well yeah. on Twitter. So I was like, this can't kind of came natural sense. I would take a lot of my tweets and I would try and turn those into bits. But uh, I also I worked at Dick's Last Resort, and are you from? Wow, are you from I there? am. They had one here, uh, yeah, in Columbus. Yeah, no, they they, yeah, they closed it. it. I, I worked at the one in Cincinnati, and I worked at the one in Chicago. And uh, so many times after I was done with the table, they would be like, "So where where do you do stand up? Like where are your shows at?" Really? And I I never had anything to say because I was like, "This is it." This is what I do. This is my show. Give yeah, me, give me my eight dollars. Yeah, right. <laughs> actually, I made a killing there. If they if they had them still up. I made such good money there, and it was the best job because it, de- it never felt like work. I you just yeah. act like an asshole. You get paid to yeah, that's to cool. Just be sarcastic all day long, right? Um, yeah, so that that helped me a lot too because I was getting compliments from them, and like I did really well there. I people resonated with me a lot, so that that helps too. I You're mean, right. Any, oh yeah. Anything you can get for a confidence booster, right? Is yeah. Are you close with both your mom and dad? Yeah, very close. My whole family is very close. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. Super, super tight. Tight-knit group. Like, it's kind of all I care about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they're all fun. I mean, they're... My did whole they, family's so did they, Like, so they supported this? or Well, actually, you know what? In, in this day and age, when you when you went off and started doing it, they're, yeah. Not like they have a choice or anything, but no, everybody's supportive. Like, yeah, man, Chandler, go. They are. Go get I, it. I think they, they're they're more appreciative because I was smart about it because I went to school, got my, like I had a cushion, a day job. And I applaud all the comedians that just chase their dream or anyone that just chases their dream. But I couldn't afford that. I like to eat. So. Yeah. I mean, I, hey, you know, it's, it's very tough. You know, you got a lot of greats that said, you know what? I packed a fucking burlap, burlap bag on my back and hitchhiked to New York City and I became... You know, yeah. whoever. I would love to do that. And I, yeah. I but that's, am jealous that, of all of them, but it's... That's a one in a billion, man. It's impossible. I'm you David can't Spade. Do. I did, yeah, it's one in a billion, Right, man. exactly. And there's so many of them doing it now, so... Right. Yeah, so I, I went... And comedy's at night. It's it's on the weekends. It's right. not even... A, like, why? what else would I be doing all day? Like, no one's writing for eight hours a day anyways for their jokes. Right, and that, that's what I like about doing this. I mean, I can work all day, do my day job, right. work for my family, and at right. night I can sit down here and drink with you and... Do a podcast, right? right? So yeah. it's, a, it's a nighttime type of thing. Right. And it's not like I was doing like drugs, like comedy is like, like it's fun to tell people that I'm a comedian. My parents, I'm sure, enjoy telling people that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think they're supportive. They've been to a couple shows, but to what I said before, I don't like to bring people to open mics and the scene in Cincinnati or Chicago there, the comedians are great there. So the shows sometimes can be hard to come by, like the actual big shows um, for being as new as I am. 
So I, they only see me very seldomly do it. So at, at this point, because I consider yourself a very successful comedian. Thank you. Because I think it's very tough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen your stuff. I think it's funny. I've watched it. I like it. At this point, when you're saying that with open mics, I don't like them. Is that almost like a workshop session now Absolutely. for you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I go yeah. there just to work on. Yeah, new I don't. Bits. I don't give a shit. I don't want to invite anybody to hear it now. It's like practice. Like when it's it, practice. Yeah, it's literally it's practice. practice. Yeah, it's practice. I'm, and you're not going to bring out. your people to come to your practice. Right. You're going to bring them to your game. Exactly. So that's that's an interesting thing too. That's that is that's a cool piece, um, of what you do to to even understand that piece and be like, okay, well. This how I'm yeah, going to work on my craft. A lot of people don't know about that. Like, the whole process of comedy, nobody knows until you actively start doing it. Like, I didn't know the stages of, the, like, you you start at open mics, you either get three to five minutes, then you go from that to a showcase, and showcases are eight minutes, eight to ten minutes. Oh, so open mics, they give you, like, a limit on your time? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh. Three to five minutes. Five minutes is... By the way, I drink a lot. So that's okay. These are, these yeah, are I should start chugging mine, too. But, these um, are going fast. Uh it's kind of like ASMR too with the ice and all that, like the. Yeah. Yeah. You should oh, make. Nice. It, you should just switch from that from this yeah. to just ASMR. Well, this is unsuccessful, so they <laughs> <laughs> will use that. Um, yeah. So you do like the there's three to five minutes open mics, and then you do your showcases. That's eight eight to ten minutes, and then you start opening for people, and even that's you're back to like five to eight minutes. Then you feature. That's ten to fifteen. Mm. Then you start headlining, and that's forty five to an hour. So there's. There's stages that you build up with right. comedy that I was fully unaware of. I thought I was just going to start and immediately go on tour. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just, that's it. So yeah, I was out. like, this is easy. Yeah, I'll start selling out Madison Square Garden. Right. At this point, what do you, what's your comfort zone at this point of how long you could go? Uh, I've done 30 minutes a couple times. Really? Yeah. I enjoy time, those. Man. Yeah, it, it's a long, I mean, but that's it's fun. That's a long fucking time. Congratulations on that. Yeah, they're they're and those don't happen as often, of course, but Of course. But yeah, those are a lot of fun. Um Yeah, but listen, I mean I'm not saying it's tomorrow, sure. but if you think about 30 minutes, you do about 20 more minutes, that's like a Netflix special. Yeah. I mean, I'm well, not, they have no a lot shit. of Netflix specials that are 20 minutes. The little um like degenerates is like everybody there's six of them and they all have like 15 to 20 minutes each. So, like maybe that. I'll send in some clips now. And, yeah, and just do that. But thirty minutes in front of a crowd. Yeah, it's holy. It shit, It goes dude. by quick too, and you. That's a long time. That's when like crowd work gets involved. I don't recommend doing crowd work at an open mic or like even What's a small crowd work. Is when you start talking to people in the audience. Oh. Yeah, because that's all just uh, improv, basically. Yeah, just I would like the that. Shit. I would like to it's fuck fun, with people. but those can be hit or miss. I mean, if you're not good that's at true. it, so you want to stick to what you got in your head. Like planned. If I if I were to ever become a stand up comedian, that's the part I'd be just good at. Talk to people the whole time. Yeah. Uh, not the whole time, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'd get into some people. You shit. do well with this, so I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, that brings up another good point. What about any experience, any kind of like heckling type of thing? I mean, anybody's had to deal with that. Have you dealt with any of that? You've, you've had no, a nice actually, little really. Yeah. No one's been like, dude, well. you suck. No, I Go. haven't. People, you know. The only time I've ever so seen even when anyone, you bombed after like forty five seconds, they were like cool with it. Well, it was those six people. They I blacked out that whole night, so <laughs> they probably all were flicking me off. Who knows? But I I've actually graciously never experienced that. I will say I haven't experienced that with anyone. I don't think anyone's really done that to anyone I've watched, except and I hate to say this because 
Nikki Glazer, do you, are you familiar with her? No. She is, she's big in the Comedy Central roasts. Oh yeah. And she, oh, I do. Blonde. She's yes. The oh funniest. yeah. She's fucking she's good. She's so fucking funny. Yep. She is when I when I write jokes, I write as if I'm writing for her. So I love her style. Really? Yeah. So her style is like you you're you think if you're the audience, you think she's about to say one thing and then immediately switches to something else, and it's almost like a surprise attack. Like the yeah. Rest. It's just so funny to me. Huh. And. Um, so she was at, she was performing in Cincinnati and, uh, she must've had an off night. This was after COVID. So it's like any job, like if you haven't done your job in a year and a half, like it's going to be rough yeah. when you start. So she was doing it and just wasn't her night. And I, there was a guy that stood up and he screamed, you know what, Nikki, I love you, but you fucking suck tonight. No way. Yeah. And she, and he walked off and she where, were, where were you at? I was right next to him. I like, oh, next to the literally dude sitting next it. to him. Yeah. I, and you opened. No, I didn't. No, I was just there to watch. Got yeah, it. She's, support. Yeah, she's like, I love her. So yeah. when I found her, she was in Cincinnati. I just went to go see her. Fantastic. But um, she she handled it well, and by well, I mean she told him she hopes his car flips. Rightfully so. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So that was the only time I've ever witnessed anyone heckle like that. And then he, I mean, he he dragged it on. He was like, and by the way, nobody would fuck you. And I'm like, she wasn't even talking about that no anyway so he was he was he was a lot and his son was there and his son didn't get up it was the craziest thing yeah it was it was bad i messaged her on instagram that night actually and she messaged me back and i was like that was the craziest thing i've ever seen like you fucking rocked don't yeah don't and everybody has their off nights i'm sure it wasn't her best set i didn't even think doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter i i i think that would be where i would excel as somebody i, I would bomb i will say that was her but, funniest yeah like a couple minutes when she was just rambling about that guy that went off she did yeah she handled oh, it well yes but the, yeah if you're funny and and greats like that they you get something like that your wit should just literally jump right off yeah. the charts mm-hmm. and just bury that person right yeah she did that would almost be i would almost think sometimes you could bomb and then all of a sudden get engaged with a crowd and that would be your best moments of the night. Like right. So yeah. when we talked about bombing earlier, if you do that funny joke, well, what I do is I'll, I'll make fun of the joke I just said, and that gets them right back into paying attention to me because like, we're both fully aware that right. that sucked. Like I'm never going to do that again. And then they, it, I, I just go back to it and it's like, I'd never even bombed. Right. Um, how like the bit part, like, so she wrote that bit or she yeah. studied that bit and rehearsed that bit and all that. And that guy stands up and you suck, whatever. Where do you, where do you get inspiration from from bits? Is it like kind of like just your normal thing going on? Do you? For me, I would think as being obsessed, right? Everything I would do, whether I'm, I hate going to fucking Walmart. Yep. If I'm going to Walmart, I'm I'm thinking of a bit. Okay. And if I'm yes, I'm analyzing. If I'm going to the zoo with my family, I'm looking at this guy over there. I, I've got a bit. Yeah. And I told you a little bit in our talk, like I've written a bunch of bits. Sure. No one will probably ever see them. I'll buy I'm, them from I'm, you. I'm terrified. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're I funny. I love that. I'm terrified of it. But at the same time, it, it's, it's always in my mind that stuff, just analyzing things and almost like that. Um, the geniuses of the world, like a Larry David, right? That constant, and those people that are to that level have to be miserable because they have to constantly. Yeah, I don't know how people do a new Netflix special every year. Dude, he's got to constantly analyze every situation in his life. Yeah. That pours out in his comedy, which is genius. It's, he's one of my favorites. 
I, I can't imagine. And I kind of find myself doing that on this little stupid level of, it, I, I, there's probably millions of people like me, right? That just think that I tend to write them out and like do yeah. stuff. Cause I, I still have this dream of, you know, being somebody and, and delivering stand up and making people laugh. Cause it's my favorite thing to do. Um, but like, where do you, how do you write a bit? How do, do are you, are you that way where everything you're looking at is like, can I, can I work something off this? Or do you like schedule time? Like, Hey man, I got I'm going to, I got a show coming up in six months. I'm going to write some bits. Yeah. It's a little, I would say it's a little bit of both. So I'll, there's like no I way said, you can escape. No. So I think about it. I think yeah. a lot of the stuff that I have done on stage to when we were talking about way in the beginning, when it's like a sporadic, you're out at, with all your friends and you just end up becoming the funniest guy in the room that the night. The funny, the center so of like, attention, I just, you roll with You start it. to go on a tangent, yeah. and you're running, and then at the end of the night, you're like, everything I said was really good. Like, I'm sure other people would think that's funny. So I remember those bits and pieces, and from there, I'll work on it. And then when I talked about social media, I do those, I mean, I complain on Twitter all day long, and those can be really funny. So I'll take those one. sometimes when I'm bored, I'll go through Twitter, find some ones that did really well, and I'll take that, and that's when I'll sit and just write or sit and talk on that memo mm. and just try and do a tangent on that. Um, but I, I mean, I don't spend hours a day writing, right? I, I don't know how people do that. I applaud them, but yeah, that's, that's how I think my bits start is either from the conversations. I don't think I'm analyzing really like when I'm at Walmart. I mean, I think everybody knows that Walmart people are crazy. You can't, yeah. there's how many jokes you can make out of that. But, um, I analyze that, like I am self deprecating too. So I, a lot mm. of it's all, a lot of my jokes are about myself. So I noticed that. Yeah. So that Which I like, yeah, I love it. I think self-deprecating, yeah. you got to make yourself laugh. Um, not that I'm a, um, I was just watching one the other night on, um, it's in a hotel room. Like I couldn't even get the fucking TV guide to work or the menu to work, whatever. And I came upon AGT. There's a dude on this new season. Who's a stand-up comedian. And he I watched it last night. I know exactly what you're talking he, about. The, it's John Wolf, Josh Wolf. You see, have cerebral palsy. Yes. Yeah, he was fantastic. Talked about himself the whole time, though. Talked about himself the whole time. Yeah, I noticed that. And his fucking, a couple of the lines he delivered, I mean, were good. Yeah. And I forget a couple of them now because I was drunk. I don't think we should be joking about cerebral palsy, so we probably shouldn't repeat what he said. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, a good thing because I don't remember his lines. <laughs> right, but, exactly. But no, he, he was that, and it was, it was fantastic. But that was a, what an incredible human being to be dealt with this, you know, and incredibly unfortunate life situation and to stand up there in front of we're talking i'm talking about going and standing up of 30 people in an open right. mic this dude is going on something like that with that entire crowd and delivering his thing and i'm, I'm by the way i'm sure that's not the first time he's done it obviously i mean most yeah, of the right. people that come on there he's he's probably got a little in a little some little city he lives in he lives in memphis yeah. or you know somewhere right he does some uh stand up at bars or whatever mm -hmm. so he's obviously done his act well, before they, so they so i was they ask a I would say like 95% of the people on the show on, on AGT were asked to come audition. Like I was asked to go in. Really? Yeah, I did. I, Fantastic I, conversation. Yeah. Because that's I whole think different thing. so much stuff is scripted on there. A hundred and fifty percent. I had a friend that made it. So back to what they had reached out to me twice. Uh, the last cheers, the season before <laughs> the season before COVID, I auditioned the two seasons previous to that. And both times they reached out to me. You auditioned for that show? For that show. They, really? They emailed me and they're like, hey, we want you to come on. Um, I didn't have to wait in line. So I, I felt terrible for the people. Like, 
when I came in, because I had a different ticket than everybody else, mm-hmm. you walk in. You're and special. You, you say you basically say, "Hey, I'm so famous." And yeah, I'm. Great. I'm it. I'm yeah, the shit. This you is guys it. get out of my way. Right, right. I'm the big nuts coming so through. So you give them their their the ticket, and I could I could have came between like one and six. Anytime I wanted to get there, I would go in, and the auditions they break it up into fifteen people at a time. But you walk in, and you, they immediately put you in with that upcoming group. So the fifteen of you go in. They'll they'll boot one of the fifteen to bring you in, and you give them their ticket, and they notice that like you're one of the people that they had mm-hmm. asked to come in. And that's why I felt bad for the, like the people in my group. I got there at like two and they've been there since like seven in the morning. Yeah. And realistically, and I'm sure there's going to be so many people that are auditioning for AGT on this podcast listening, but a lot of those people will not make it on simply because everybody that was on the show was casted onto right. that show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's like the, um, the Hollywood magic of it is that none of the people that go and spend all day auditioning, they're there to be filmed that that many people are auditioning. Cause none of those people are going to be on there. Um, and I, I didn't even make it the two times that I was brought on. So like, it, it's probably a really tough casting process. I had a friend that made it on. She was, um, she did Irish step dancing on it. And she had told me that not only was that cash was casted, they asked her to, the, her and her group to join. But when they're doing the interviews, like when you're, um, before you're on stage, they're in the back behind stage, mm-hmm. all those different, there's like a magician and a dance group and yeah, a singer yeah, yeah. all sitting behind you. All those people are strategically placed while oh, you're yeah. being interviewed. It's all, it's crazy how and it's fucking nuts. Yeah. It's like what it is. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's crazy. fucking crazy. And all of the idiots that sit around their televisions in America sit there and just think, Oh, this dude just walked up off the street and he's a great comedian. Not at not, all. Not yeah. At I had all. to send in tapes, before. I've never thought that or believe really. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. So that's another interesting thing because, um, you know, there's a certain, I wouldn't be this way, but there's a certain, this is also a different day and age. Cause you have avenues like shows like that, that could get you famous and to get you to that point and right. to get you all that. Right. Um, you know, back in 1990, they can say whatever the fuck they want. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Back in my day, you had to go and just work the clubs and do this. Yeah, I get it. And I love that and respect it. But at the same time, you also didn't have these type of options. Right. So many different outlets now. So many so different outlets. So easier now too. They're, right. It's the same thing with musicians. Famous. Yeah. It's the same thing with musicians. Um, are they sellouts? You know, that word, if that word is Velcroed to you, it's not good. Right. And I'm a music fanatic that, that's putting it lightly right so when i go see music live or when i give my you know listen to music all the time like it is it needs to be authentic for me and very very just i don't know done the right way came up the right way mm-hmm. so i would maybe frown upon some of the people that have come through shows like that or whatever like the american idols but that's kind of the only industry that I think I don't, uh, um, I don't know, that I would kind of like look down upon if they came up. Everything else in show business, magicians, stand-up comedians, the fucking high wire at whatever, I think that is an awesome avenue. Yeah, I agree. So used to, Stand-up comedy had their own separate there was called. Um, I remember. I watched it. I used to watch the shit out of it. A, like Amy Schumer came from there. Oh Nikki yeah, Glazer came from Absolutely. there. Absolutely. That's what I mean. It's it's different. That that's what I mean with stand up comedy and a couple of music's the only one that I usually kind of disrespect. It's, it's a terrible word. I would never disrespect any of them that do it. Because again, it's all courage and they're going up sure. there. But I don't know. Just kind of put to the side compared to the other 
industries that go up there and do it. Yeah. But it's amazing that you, so that was, that was what, that was going to be my, my kind of question for you is if it were me, I would take it any fucking way I could. Yeah. I mean, I've tried, I've auditioned for reality shows, like any, any, um, anything you could do, right? Anything you get could yourself, do to, to yourself escalate yourself it. out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and I, I was on, I'm still bitter about it. I made it to the very last round for a reality show called The Circle on Netflix, if you're familiar with it. Don't know that one. It's like a whole, it's a, it's a reality show, reality competition show about social media. So mm. you're like isolated in your own apartment and you try and build connections through social media, which is The Circle. And from there you try to build alliances and yada, yada. You try to, and then you have to vote people off and you don't know them. You only know them through social media mm. and you can catfish and all this stuff. But I that thought that was kind of fucked it, up. It's man. crazy. It's like a, it's like a, like a, um, what's that show? The black, black mirror. Uh, oh yeah. It's kind of like a black mirror reality show. It's kind of crazy, but it's, it's interesting. Once you, after the first episode, you're, you're kind of addicted. But anyways, I, I really wanted to use that as my like catapult. I was like, if I make it and I'm was to the very last round, I was like, this is it for me because once I'm on there, the influencers these days can Nuts. do anything. Fucking crazy. So I didn't want to be a reality star, but I wanted to be an influencer because once you become an influencer, it escalates into my comedy. I'll have people from all over the country that want to see you. Right. And then you could use it as like a like a business tool, I guess. Yeah. Well, what you want to be is a stand-up comedian. Right. Right. And you're willing to do anything it takes to get to that point. Right. And I don't know. The reality of it is... Uh, this day and age, you're looking to take advantage. Cause like you said earlier, or like we talked about, earlier, it's a break, no matter what industry it is, they needed a break or whatever. Right. So all the old school, old timers that are big time now would maybe like frown upon them. Like, oh, I would never do that. Fuck you. Get, get back. In and those they all do it now. Everyone's yeah. on TikTok. Oh. Yeah. Get back in those shoes when you were 26, 27, 28 years old. Right. Scrapping you know, whatever you could change together just to sleep in a, with a roof over your head in New York city, right. trying to become a comedian. But then you had somebody just gave you the gift of social media where all of a sudden you could just become this instant 50,000 people, hundred thousand people, all of a sudden a million followers. You're telling me you wouldn't try to go for that or right. try to take any Avenue. Bullshit. Right. I agree. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a really helpful tool now, but that to, to that point, that, that almost makes the, there's too many fish in the pond now because so many people can make it big as an influencer on social media and so many, as, uh, as far as what, like anything, anything. across the board. I mean, oh, there's sure. like teacher influencers now, doctor influencers, <laughs> but like even I love puppies. I right, got comedians. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A comedians. There's so many big following comedians that it just, there's, it's so much more competitive. So it's like good that you can make it. Cause now there's room for more people to be, big but there's mm -hmm. so many now so the competition's even harder yeah so as far as a dream right yeah your dream mm -hmm. do you feel like sometimes this happens to me because i, I I'm, a, I'm a big fucking dreamer man good like, you need I, to be i dream so fucking big like i want to do this for a living i want to sit in a studio i want to talk to people and i want to speak it into existence it's I, yeah and i want everything that comes with it and i don't give a fuck what else it is because i have the confidence that i can handle it all mm -hmm. type of thing but then there's this side of me that's like well you're not working hard enough because if you've ever heard anybody that's the peak of what you want to do doesn't matter what that is 
And this part, it is all the same. Earlier, I was talking about the differences between like athletes. And stuff. This part, it is all the same. There's one common denominator with every top level. It's the hard work that they put in. Sure. Yeah. I feel like I don't have that aspect because. Well, we're doing it now. You got to well, start I somewhere. Know. Yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, it's, it's time away from your family. You're working hard. You're putting it in. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I, I just think that that aspect of it is, of just diving in and trying to work that hard. Do you feel like you can do that and become that obsessed? Do you feel like maybe you need like a, you know, sometimes I no, feel like I've I need had that push. thought. Like, I, I think about that too. Like, like, man, what am I doing, man? I know I want to be at this point, but fuck, dude, uh, today I just went and did all this other stuff for like about yeah. like two weeks. I've like two weeks. I didn't do shit for my, my dream. Right. No, I think about the that people all that the reached, time. The people that reached the peak, they've never had two weeks where they did not work. For right. Their peak. I mean, isn't that fucked up? For I, it's in social media doesn't help with that too because you're comparing yourself all the time to these people online and like. Some of my favorite comedians, like Nikki Glaser, she, I, I've watched some of her interviews, and she does, like, four shows a night, every night, for, and I'm like, I do, like, it's just it, yeah. impossible. So, I mean. it's hard to compare yourself, but to that point, it, everybody has to start somewhere. I That's mean, right. That's true. There's, no one's going to wake up and just start selling out places. That's not. No, and I think, I think as it comes, since I'm, I'm, I'm willing but there's just so much, so many other things. Yeah, I would get there. Yeah, and I, I would say speaking, speaking into existence. I, I'm a spiritual guy. I, I like that. When you, when you speak you it and you start and acting like on, I try. Shit. I mean, yeah, this body shouldn't be bending like that, but I, <laughs> I try. But I remember when. But I, it's mine stuff. It's I all like mine that. stuff. I love when that I moved stuff. to Chicago, the last time I moved there, because I've been back and forth a couple times. But the, the last time I was there, the very this is before I've ever performed at the Laugh Factory. I was there for four months for work. And I, I moved to Chicago. My very first week, I went to a show at Laugh Factory. And I posted on my Instagram story. I said, one day, I will be performing on this stage. And literally, the very last night I lived in Chicago, I got to perform on that stage. That's awesome. It was the coolest. I like, mean, Laugh Factory Chicago. That's no that's joke, man. That's huge. It's a, it yeah. was a really big club. and Like I said, it's, that's three or four in America. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, a world known, it's a world-known club. And I've been on it a couple more times now since then. But that, it's, I just... When, Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, when people perform, comedians perform at, when comedians want to go perform and say, oh, what, what's your dream? <sighs> Selling out an arena, Madison Square Garden, all that stuff, that, that doesn't count. Sure. Because that exists from a standpoint of, I'm just so fucking huge and this is an incredible thing. But there's certain amongst comedians, arenas, that doesn't matter if there's 200 people in there or 5,000 or 50,000, doesn't matter that yeah, I want to perform there. Right, it's got to be in the top. Oh, that's five. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And uh, it's it's crazy because got a couple of New York, I, I couple did it LA, so soon in factory. my quote unquote comedy career right. that it's impressive, and I and I know that, and I'm proud of myself for that too. But to that oh, you point, should it's, be. How it's, did you How did you do? Uh, great, I did really well. I think yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I yeah, I think it, probably yeah. the ones I I did post on my website. Yeah, were, yeah, yeah. yes. But uh, I thought you did very well. I loved. I laughed. I loved it. Yeah, it, and it was a it was a great time. But that that was almost. I think you got to just take it one goal at a time. Like that was my goal of that summer was I'm gonna be performing on that stage, and it it worked out perfectly that it was literally the like that that night 
when I came home, I finished packing my boxes and I moved out at four in the morning the next day. Like, really? It was the literal last thing I did in Chicago. What kind of emotions were going through before you took that stage? Uh, I think that's the only time I do get nervous. And maybe it's a mix of nervous and excitement. But like the the minute before they announce yeah. you to come up, when you know that the person in front of you is about to wrap up, because mm-hmm. when you're it's performing real. on stage, have you ever heard of the light? When you're So when you're on stage, there's always a guy in one of the corners that turns on a light that it, it tells you how much time you have left on stage. So if it's a five-minute open mic, someone shines a light at you at four minutes. So you know in your head you have four minutes left. Or if it's a 20-minute set, at 15, they light it, and you know you have five minutes. So you could, depending on how long you have, you can watch the person up front, and you'll see the light on the side stage, and you're like, all right, you have like two minutes before you have to go back on stage. And I think that's when I start to get nervous. But uh, I'm getting like fucking anxiety right now. It's but about it's like, it. like a good excitement. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a good. It's inc- fun. It's, it's a yeah, good excitement. I think it's back to when I so it's a charged up. Yeah, excitement. It's like yeah. So back when I was doing when I was competitive, I was a competitive cheerleader. They would announce every time that they would announce who was going on next to perform. They would always announce who was up next and who was in the hole. So the second person, the third person, and that was when I was the most nervous. When I was one of those two, because I was like, oh, it's coming up. And then right when you get on stage, it's like a totally different feeling but the build-up of getting to that point i think is the most nerve-wracking part or exciting part um but yeah it's a a fun high to chase when you're when you're back there oh i can't imagine i mean that that heartbeat that that adrenaline that every single piece of it is what matters on that but yeah it's so to that point just i think you you say you want to start you're like you want to become this big Podcast guy, you're doing a great job where you, you've set a goal. You want to do so many at a time and going from there, and you just take it piece by piece. I, I know we talked about possibly ever filming yourself on YouTube, and you want to take it one step at a time. Yeah. I think that's a great way to not feel overwhelmed with how little you've accomplished. Yeah. And I don't, every, it's very little. Every accomplish is big. No, <laughs> I was going to say little. every accomplish is big, but if you try to look at it as like the grand scheme of things, of course you've only accomplished such a little a little part because yeah. you're picturing the end goal. So if you take it one goal at a time, it's it's that's what helps me at least. And I, I mean, I get a lot of anxiety, so that's what helps me. No, is just I, breaking it down. My goal was Laugh Factory. That was my goal of the summer, and I completed it, and I felt great. And then I moved on to my next goal. And yeah. you just you keep working. But and now then, you need to go back there. You need to fucking kill the Laugh yeah, Factory right. and do that shit. And then you next thing I mean? you know, every goal you've accomplished, I've opened up for some pretty amazing people. I've performed in big clubs. I've performed for 300 people before. So all those little goals, looking back at them now, I'm like, right. in three years, I've done a kick-ass job. And I'm only, can't believe you're only getting doing started. This three years, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. That's that's how I do it, at least. So it, it saves my sanity because I'm watching other people my age doing amazing things online. And I'm like, everyone's different. Everyone has a different success rate. Everyone's timeline is yeah. different. So I just focus on mine or I'll literally lose my mind. You'll literally lose your mind and fuck. Fuck. That's that's yeah. a per- just. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> fuck what everybody else is doing online. Like, I like to get in this silo. And this is, this is the part we talked about earlier. And anybody that is, um, like you said, in show business or in. Doing anything has that ego and everything. You have to. And I just say, fuck that stuff. Like, okay, I've got it. Let's go. Let's fucking dream big. Mm-hmm. Ego. Go back so there. Go back to the fucking the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Confidence. I'm yeah. coming. Get back to the fucking Laugh Factory in Chicago with a sellout fucking night. And what? What's the goal? If your goal is not to just 
headline the Laugh Factory in Chicago? That's your goal, right? One of them, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got a whole bunch of them, but yeah, right, it's on the list. Right. If it's if it if those aren't them, then what are we doing? Right. So just let it rip and do that stuff. And I I I don't know. I I think that if you if you believe in what you're doing and want to go give it your all, but and that's where we go back to earlier, like, yeah, am I working hard enough? Right. Eh, kind of like this weekend on vacation. And that's that's where we have to draw those lines. Right. Um, that's when we're talking about this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm doing this business and and I enjoy it so much of talking to people and getting to learn about people's different stories of their lives and industries and all these things. It's time away from my family. It's um, It's nights after my day job. It's all these things, but I'm willing to do it because I've got a dream and beyond a dream, I've got a belief that I'm good enough. Right. And even if you don't enjoy these these earlier podcasts, or for me, these early features or sets that I'm working on, you got to think about that, that a goal you want to come up with. So this stuff you have to do to even get to that point. So if you don't like, if you want to eventually not have to work all day to do this, you have to do this part in order to get to that step. So right. you have to kind of appreciate the, the, the storyline of you getting to that spot even though sometimes you don't like to do it. So, yeah, you have you have to kind of like look at the 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 bigger picture bigger picture of the of the one goal. If you look at the big picture of your whole dream, you'll get lost in it, you'll you'll drown. But like I said, one goal at a time, looking at the big picture of that goal. So, me going if I want to know if I know my my next goal is to headline or feature at the Laugh Factory, for example, mm-hmm. I know that all these little open mics that I don't want to do, I have to do to get to that goal. So if I'm not appreciating them, then I'm not going to enjoy the whole process to getting that point. Yeah. And it'll just suck. Right. And that's the best part. You just fucking nailed it. Enjoying the process of doing it like that. What else do we have? Right. All of a sudden you fucking die, man. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. We're old. We die. That's it. That's it. If you don't enjoy that process of doing it and really want to get off on that process and grinding and doing it and getting to the point, then what's it worth? Right. Even if those aren't your dreams, you know that that's a part of your dream. So you have to... Hopefully, to, hopefully, if, yeah. if, if you don't believe in that or think that way, then, well, good luck, Charlie. Yeah. Good yeah. luck. You got to do something different. Right. Um, I got to, um, maybe I should sell you some of my bits since I don't have the courage. Hey, to let's go have that day job. I was talking about, <laughs> I got money to buy them. <laughs> I don't have any courage to, to ever deliver them, but I'm, I literally, I, I love the profession. Um, I write weird shit. I've been writing all my life kind of like, I don't know. I'll, shit. I'm going back to like 13 years old. I'd write poetry. No one's ever seen any of this stuff. You know, like poetry is dumb stuff, okay. right? Um, I, I just can't fathom ever having the balls to release. Oh, okay. You know, That's going what she said. Yeah. <laughs> I just can never release. <laughs> I, you know, I just can't, I just can't fathom going up on stage and kind of, sinking yourself into saying i'm gonna deliver this to this crowd tonight and i'm gonna have the courage to do it so i I commend you man gotta do it scared that's what i say all right so what's next so next for you brother what's next i'm moving to chicago and i don't have anything lined up just yet in chicago but that is the the new goal is to start booking in chicago i love chicago by the way great city i'm really excited i mean the winter sucks doesn't matter everything else is worth it you know what Fuck, uh, there's so many people around the country. The winter sucks. I, I fucking like a right. lot of it. Okay. It means something. Each their own. Oh, God, no. I could. 
If LA was <laughs> half the distance, I would have been there. But I do love Chicago. Fantastic city. But so I got those. Uh, I'm going to start hopefully getting some shows on there soon. Um, I, I published a book. Uh, oh, yeah. This book. I, by the way. And I have it for idea. you. I, remind me before I leave. I need to give you the book. I will. Yes. But uh, the book is called Everyday Lessons from Everyday People. It's not. Um, some, of the, some of the quotes are pretty funny. So the preface of the book is I had a, I had a roommate in college um, when I was in Chicago, actually. And we were at dinner one day. And he was a philosophy, a philosophy major. We were at dinner. And I must have said something kind of thought-provoking or mm-hmm. interesting. And he immediately wrote something down in his phone. So I, of course, asked him what he was doing. And By the way, do you remember what that was? Is it in the book? I think it was the, we were talking about comedy, and I said, no comedian like someone funnier than them. And mm. it's like a competitive quote, right, per se. Absolutely. Um, and that, that could work with anything. But I, I, I said that, and he, he wrote it. He wrote it down. I asked him, of course, what he was doing. And he, for the last couple of years in college, was writing down these inspirational, motivational, thought-provoking things from Did these people. Did you know he was? I didn't know until he, until he quoted me. He, oh. I said it, and he was. Oh, he was doing it from other people. He too. was doing it from. Yeah, he was just. Oh. He was quoting my every word the entire like, time. I was like, we dude, how didn't you know this? <laughs> yes. He just had me on record the whole time. No, no, Chandler it was, said this. Right. Chandler said this. No, that okay. was my first time. That's why I yeah. asked him about it. Okay, so I got you. He's been collecting it from everybody that has said something thought provoking to him, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I was going. I love quotes. Oh, and big huge fan. quote guy. And huge quote guy. He, the, some of them are really good, and I was like, Connor, have you ever thought about turning these into like a book or turning them into a coffee table book? Mm-hmm. And he didn't know how to do that, and I did. So we we partnered together, and we consolidated down from, he had well over a 1,000 quotes from the four years he was doing it, consolidated down to 365 quotes. So you read an everyday quote Love from that. everyday people because mm-hmm. it was no one famous. There was no musicians, yeah. politicians. It was just people that he was around every single day that – uh, motivated or inspired him, and we're around everyday people more than we are famous people. So everybody why is. We take the word from everybody people? is. Yeah, exactly. So that was the 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 spinoff on that. So and w- the way we set it up, so you're supposed to, the the page numbers are day one, day two, day three. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to start and read one every single day. And the way we designed the book is some of the quotes um, on the same pages. If you flip open the book, uh, go against each other. They're very like it'll say one thing from one person and then the next quote will be a polar opposite of what that person said. And it's very thought provoking. It gets you thinking like, yeah, there's so many different viewpoints on everything we do in this world that um, it just, it'll get your, your wheels grinding on there. I love that. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's different than comedy. Some of the quotes are funny, but uh, a lot of it's just thought provoking. It's motivational. uh, And it's a, it's a really cool book. And we, the way we designed it, he, (laughs) Bless him. He wanted it to be like this big red book with these, like a guy thinking on the cover. And I was like, let's keep it simple. Mm-hmm. People love HGTV these days. It's not going to fit in anyone's coffee table. Right. So it's a simple black and white book that you can put on your coffee table. You can put on your dresser um, just to, to quickly flip through. So we. No, that's really cool. Yeah, it, it was. It's a really cool book. How, how did you have those? How did you have the intuition? Or have you, have you written a book before? No. Have you not, what kind of connections? If I were to say, I'm going to write a book for the next thousand days of my life, yeah. 500 days of my life for all this stuff, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I mean, Google's your best friend. Yeah. So I started from, I started How from there. I write a book? Right. <laughs> yeah. There's so many different, there's so many different avenues that you could have, we could have done self-publishing. There, there's so many different ways. We went through a printing press and nice. um, he, they, uh, 
they got our books and we the the guys we worked with um were able to get our books in we're on amazon of course uh we're on barnesandnobles.com uh we're in target.com um that's awesome. I think we're sold in Australia. I remember opening up. If you just Google the everyday lessons from everyday people, there it's there's a bunch of different websites that sell the book. I don't even know how that's possible, but um, right. But how cool is that? that cool, you, really cool. Isn't that so fucking? It's cool, It's fun, man? yeah. And I I enjoy just talking to people um, that have those type of you know intuitions and say you know what, or they learned about it or Googled it. It doesn't right. matter. That entrepreneurship mindset, yeah. It's uh, the goals. I, I set that goal. I mean, and yeah. I don't want to become a published author, but I wanted to publish a book. And yeah. that was my and goal. you did. And like I said before, like I didn't want to have to sit on the computer for six hours at night and reading through these quotes and editing, but that's part of the journey. And you have to appreciate that stuff to get exactly. to that end goal. So um, it was a fun process. Uh, it, it was a really good time. And, and um, now you're an author. And I, now I can add that to my book. I'm a published author. You're so. a published author. Published author, baby. Will you sign my copy? Yes. <laughs> nice. uh, absolutely. When and you can sell it. Once big. I become a big comedian, you can sell it. That's right. Yeah. As long as I get 10%. That's absolutely right. You can have it. Um, no, man. Listen, I really sincerely thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Have you enjoyed this? Yeah. I... I was saying earlier this is the first time i've done one and uh i'm hopefully well not hopefully this will become big and you can have me back and we can both be like look at where the hell we dude where did we start yeah this will this will be a lot of fun start by the way i want to i i hope when it becomes really big i I still want to sit right here i like the the authenticity of something like this and you have to remember how to make this drink because you like that drink yeah this is this is the house drink that's the crooked part of the house this yes that's it man um, all right, so we can find you at ChandlerChaseComedy.com. Yes, sir. And then uh, your your other social media feeds with the underscore. Tell us again. Yeah, it's just ChandlerChase underscore. ChandlerChase underscore. Um, hey, man, I, I really respect you. Beyond that, I respect your profession. I respect your courage. Thanks. I, I just... Right back at you. Hey, man, I, I you know, it's all about connecting with people that believe that they can go do something and, and that... No one has ever done it alone, right? right? Yeah. So you know, you help you help each other. You lean on each other, unless of course you're going to the the attic of a bar with. You six get in people. the attic of a That's bar, alone with six people, you and do you that last forty five seconds, yeah. which I have in my life. Yes, just uh-huh. get the hell out of there. Right. <laughs> yes, that is what she said. Yes, no, man. So uh, sincere, sincere cheers, and uh, I can't appreciate any more, brother. Thank you. This was fun. Yep. We'll do it again. We hope you enjoyed the episode and thanks for listening. Join our vibe at Go Check the Tapes and GoCheckTheTapes.com. Mm-hmm.